welcome to the ADHD Book Club Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley. And I'm your other host, Corey. And this episode, we considered our outro from Alien Abduction August, but it wasn't really as alien as we thought it would be. We read Earthlings by Sayaka Murata. Yep. Uh, This is, I guess, a good bridge between the alien month and the spooky month. Because this book was messed up. It was. (laughs) We're going to do things a little different this time just to make sure everyone's properly prepared for all the various trigger warnings with this book, which personally, I was not prepared. No, me neither. I think we got this recommendation from like a book talker, bookstagrammer, and There's this thing that I keep doing where I read the beginning of it, like until it says read more. And the beginning is like Natsuki thinks that she's an alien from an alien planet and has magical powers and a couple other things. And I was like, fun, sounds great. And then if I had clicked read more, I would have been a little more prepared for what's going to happen. But I, I didn't. So I was very surprised when we got into it. So by way of a content warning, I'm going to give you guys a little sneak peek into bad reads. We've got a one-star review here from Matthew Ted. Convenience store woman really did nothing for me, but I saw this in my local library the other day and have heard about it being very twisted and dark and thought, why not? I couldn't imagine Murata writing anything too twisted. Turns out I was wrong. (laughs) It's not Brett Easton Ellis twisted because it's written in such a simple way and with such a ridiculous context, but this novel, despite the adorable cover, involves a lot of incest, child molestation, murder, cannibalism, more incest, more murder, and just an utterly bizarre plot centered around the protagonist believing she is an alien. It begins with her as a child, and it's quite clear that she has this alien delusion to protect herself from the awfulness of her life. It's sad. Then she becomes an adult, marries, and still, as an adult, believes she's an alien, gets her husband to believe he is one too, and her cousin. It gets more absurd as it progresses, and by the time I put it down, I wondered what the hell it was all for. I'm a big fan of Japanese lit generally, Mishima, Kawabata, etc., but Murata is clearly not for me. So, there you go. Yep, exactly. (laughs) If that sounds not for you, it probably isn't. Yeah, turn back now. Um, it's intense. Don't read it if any of this sounds like you won't like it. It's intense. (laughs) Yeah. Look, did we blow it? Picking this as our very last coda on Alien Abduction August? Maybe. Did we blow it by buying five copies to give away on social media? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Our first giveaway, this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... Well, did you write a summary? Um, I actually didn't, again. I mean, it's kind of like that was the summary. That kind of was the summary, yeah. Yeah, I wrote one. I guess I'll read it. It's pretty much all there, but um, here we go. Uh, Natsuki's traumatic childhood led her to find unique coping mechanisms, which she carried well into adulthood. She believes she is an alien from another planet with magical powers and which vanquishing skills. As an adult, Natsuki and her husband traveled to the remote mountainous town that she used to visit as a child. There, her special relationship with her cousin Yu is rekindled, and the three adults explore freedoms they've never experienced before. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to put it. Freedoms they've never experienced before. Yikes on bikes. Yeah. Did you just say yikes on bikes? I did. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my pull quote that goes on the cover of this book. <laughs> just yikes on bikes. 
it's barreling towards you extra fast. Yep. <laughs> well, what do you think? Should people read it? I mean, it's weird. It's weird and interesting. Like, I didn't dislike it, but like, it's a lot. So yeah, I agree. Um, she's a great writer. You know, it starts from the perspective of an 11 year old. And she really is so good at capturing the way that an 11 year old might understand the world, specifically some taboo things that we get into in this book. Yeah, it was definitely interesting. It was good. But I think, you know, with caution, if it interests you, <laughs> our stock responds. But um, yeah, magical realism, not very like spooky, but like a hint of it. Right. Just to be like crystal clear about our content warning slash trigger warning, I feel like the most upsetting thing that happens in this book is a pretty explicit sexual assault of a child. Yes. I'm just going to say that as clearly yes. as I possibly can so that people know <laughs> what they're getting into. Yes. Sorry. It is that. Yeah, even though like that list was pretty extensive, it it even that doesn't quite yeah. get get to the one scene that is almost certainly the most upsetting. And it happens pretty early on. That's true. It is early on. So it sets you up. So be aware. It is uh sad, sad stuff. It is sad. Anyway, sorry. It's a real it's a real downer. To just yeah. throw that out there. But also, I want people to know what they're getting into. Yeah, you can't go into this blind like we did. Like we did. <laughs> Spoiler it on three? Yeah. One, One two, two, three. Three. Spoiler. One thing I'm going to push back on a little bit, and this seems insane after my trigger warning, but I feel like you said this and also the review I read at the top said this too. I don't think her childhood is that bad at the beginning. Everyone's description is like she develops this fantasy world because of her bad childhood. And like the sexual assault stuff is awful, but that's not going on at the beginning. I mean, her family hates her. Her mom is so cruel to her. Her family sucks. Her family fucking sucks. All of them. I guess that's true. I, okay, you're right. Never mind. Her mom is fucking terrible. Her mom's so mean to her. They say she's a disappointment. She'll never do anything. They love only her sister. If she has anything to say, they're like, how dare you disturb her? And they're just like abusive. No, you're right. Never mind. I take it all back. May not be like physically abusive. I mean, they did whack her a few times as far as we heard in the story, but they're definitely emotionally abusive. That's probably true. I take it all back. I think what it is, is at the beginning, she's so good at capturing Natsuki being just sort of this quirky little girl that you don't really process how yeah. awful her family is at first. And you really have to like really see it. Yeah. And that these quirks are kind of like, you know, coping mechanisms. And what's like super subtle, so, you know, this starts when she's like 11. Basically, her family goes to visit their extended family up deep in the mountains for a holiday. Banjan? Is that what it's called? No. <sighs> Shit. I forget what it's called. That is, I think that's like the Korean tapas. I'm, don't <laughs> quote me. Oh, no. No, I don't. I don't remember the name of the holiday, but it is some sort of like summer honoring the ancestors holiday with fireworks. But I don't remember the name of it at all. Bon something. Oban. Oh, that is what I was thinking. But I was just like, I don't know. That's not, that's probably not right. <laughs> 
think it's right. Um, but yeah, so they go up every year and this is her favorite thing because she gets to spend time with her other family who's a little nicer to her and her favorite cousin, Yu, who seems to also be abused. There is talk of his mother kind of treating him like a husband and he kind of starts it, I think. He's the first one to say he's from another planet and he's an alien. He says it because that's how his mom talks about him. That comes directly from his mom that he's like an alien child. She hates him too. <laughs> yeah. There's also something weird going on with his relationship with his mom. And uh, now I don't remember what the specifics are. Like either she is really young like she had him really young. I don't know. There's something weird about his relationship with his mom that I can't quite remember. By the end of it, we come to find out she's probably suffering from like, you know, deep depressions or something. Yeah, for sure. We never see her as a character, do we? We mm -hmm. only hear the kids talk about her a little bit, but we never really see her in the story. She maybe like yelled at you once, like had a line or two. <laughs> right. Yeah. She was maybe there for a second. If that, like, otherwise, you just sort of hear them talk about her. Yeah. So, okay, they go up to this mountain town. I guess this is after the school stuff or before it? This is before, because this, this is the very beginning. It's, this is like a first year, and then there's another year when they go back. And then there's another year. Right. Yes. Okay. And her sister's, like, always sick and gets car sick, and everyone's, like, babying her. And, yeah, Natsuki's just kind of, like, a little quirky, and that's what you think. She's just running around thinking she's a little witch or something. Or not a witch, an alien with witch-vanquishing powers. She's not an alien at first. Just her cousin is an alien, and she's a witch. She's a good witch, and there's an evil witch. And her stuffed animal is an alien. Oh, right. Her stuffed animal, Piut, who's a hedgehog. Yes. <laughs> Is an alien from the planet Papampapapia, and her cousin is also an alien, but later she decides he's from Papampapapia, but the, not at first, I don't think. Later, she's like, oh, you must be from the same planet as Piute. And they're always trying to find his spaceship so he can go back home to his planet. Right. This is like their kid's game. That's true, but I don't remember when that starts. I feel like that starts later i feel like that starts the second summer when they're trying to find his spaceship yeah i think it was there like he was hoping to get back and then she like tells him that might be true but i thought she was lying right but she gets more insistent about all of this stuff in the second summer after yeah. all of the awful stuff that happens at school so yeah she comes back from this little vacation maybe this time a little early because his sister they leave early because her older sister insists on going back home because she doesn't feel well so she has to go back home and oh, miss because she was made fun of right she makes herself sick when she gets stressed and she was like bullied. Right. They have to basically go home from this vacation early because the older sister is so upset and nobody really cares that Natsuki wants to stay. And this is her favorite thing. Yeah. She misses the fireworks. She misses the holiday. They miss like all the stuff that she likes doing. And then they go back home and uh, school begins. There's a very young and handsome teacher that everyone thinks is very cool who takes a special interest in Natsuki. Yup. And guess what? Considering our trigger warnings, this basically goes exactly where you think it goes. He's just as awful as you'd imagine, manipulating her to get her to believe that this is for a good reason. He's teaching her things. She needs to do what he says because he's her teacher and she's a child. One of the first acts 
of molestation happens in her mouth, which causes her mouth to break. She says her mouth is now broken. Oh, right. And she can't taste anything anymore. She can't taste anything anymore. And she tries to tell her parents, which was also like super sad. (laughs) Like they're just like, why would you lie about those things? Right. This is what I was remembering about her mom when I was disputing the fact that her (laughs) childhood was terrible. I was like, oh, wait, she tries to tell her mom that her teacher is assaulting her. And her mom is like, stop making things up. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Why would anyone want anything to do with you? You're a failure. Her Her mom is fucking terrible. Yeah, and she kind of tries to avoid him, but it continues with him finding her like sanitary napkin in the trash and asking her to tell him about her period and then asking her to come back over to like learn more things about how to use this properly, which is like so gross. I was thinking that was the first thing. Like that was kind of the first line that he explicitly crosses and then he invites her to come over. And that's when the assault happens. And then kind of some more stuff happens at school and he asks her to come over again. The first thing was that he touched her, her like breasts inappropriately in class. And that made her uncomfortable. And then it was the sanitary napkin. You're right. And yeah, and he touching her, he was, you know, trying to pretend like he was, you know, adjusting her clothes or some fucking thing, right? Yeah. Like he had some sort of pretense for touching her the way he was touching her. Kind of like he always does, but he just like pushes it further and further. Right. So yeah, that all happens. That's awful. And then do they go up there before and then they come back and she has to go back to him, right? So they go up there after that. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, she hasn't vanquished any witches yet. Right. (laughs) So it's Oban again. They're going to go back up to visit the family in the mountains. And what she takes with her this time is that the adults can choose to have sex with whoever, whenever they want. Why can't she? And she's in love with her cousin, you, who she has asked to marry her. Oh, right. That happens the first summer. She asks him to marry her and they agree to get married, right? Yeah. Or they agree to be boyfriend and girlfriend or something. Yes. Boyfriend and girlfriend. Second summer is marriage and let's consummate the marriage. Right. I'm trying to get the order of this right. I mean, not that it really matters, but a bunch of different stuff happens because isn't there a summer where they don't go? Like this older sister is like, I hate going. I don't want to go. And so they don't even go for the whole summer. I think that's after... Well, it's not after because after when they consummate the marriage, that's the last time they ever go because everyone is like, what the fuck? Yeah, I I don't remember exactly. I know that. Yeah, the sister had something to do with like, I, I don't know if it was leaving early or, or she didn't want to go at all. And then she finally like begged them to let her go. The first time the sister made them leave early. Yeah, maybe they did end up going anyways. Like they actually listened to Natsuki's begging to go, but she didn't want to go. And so she thought they weren't going to maybe. We're talking around it, but now I don't remember if she goes into a fugue state and kills the teacher before or after the second summer. I mean, he's awful. The teacher is awful the whole time. Yeah. But there's only sort of the one incident of him having her over to his house and assaulting her, right? And then he's like invites her again and he's like, oh, you should come over tomorrow. And then that night she leaves her house and murders him. 
I think there was a vacation in between because I think she comes back and then has to go to the school again to this teacher again and she asks them not to right and he calls her on the phone and tells them that you know she's been a good student he's decided to work with her or like she needs more work something or another right let me talk to her this is where her right ear is broken because he like whispers creepily into the phone very breathy something about like you know where the key is come over blah 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 right 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 and that was like gonna be her first time back to him so then she goes over there and she's in like a trance of sorts like she doesn't see things clearly she thinks she's vanquishing an evil witch it's all like a different color than what blood would be like everything goes pink in her vision she murders um him brutally and he had taken too many like sleeping pills or something which doesn't really make sense no he wasn't expecting her to come over that night he was talking about her coming over the next day oh i thought it was like on the way to school that she went and did this so that makes more sense No, she did it in the middle of the night. Okay. She was like, I have to take care of this as soon as possible. And she went in the middle of the night. She snuck out of her house. Yep. And she used her magical powers to summon the strength to kill him. But she thought she was just vanquishing an evil witch. And she thought that well into adulthood. She like blocked it out a bit. It's like she kind of knew. I don't think so. Yeah, because when she was talking to her sister as an adult, she was kind of like, I don't think that was... I think she had a hint. You're right. Because I think she started talking to Piute about it. Like, wait, who did we kill? What did we do? It was the witch, right? Tell me it's the witch when she was a kid. She believed it was the witch thing until she heard about the teacher getting murdered. And then she was like, oh, right? I still feel like she was carrying this like weird denial into adulthood because when her sister told her that she knew everything, it was like confusing to her that that was what that witch was, what that lump was, what was happening. I mean, I think it was confusing to her that her sister knew the whole time. Like, that part was confusing. That too. That was really confusing. I don't think she was confused about what happened anymore. Yeah, I do think she was, like, burying it, though. Like, I think she was kind of denying it or avoiding it until it was, like, back at her. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, so she kills this teacher, and everybody's so sad because he's so great, even though she's probably saved a bunch of girls' broken mouths. And then her and her cousin... Before she kills the teacher, (laughs) have sex in the woods and their family finds them and they are ripped apart like they are never allowed to see each other ever again. They make a vow to like survive no matter what, which is also so sad that these two children promise each other in their lives that they will survive no matter what it takes, which is sad. Um, She's not ever allowed to be around any family ever again. And neither is he. Yeah, like the rest of the family, her extended family, basically like stop talking to her. She takes a good like voice of an 11 year old trying to understand this because she doesn't know what's appropriate or not. I mean, we don't know that we're not allowed to like marry our cousins when we're kids until someone tells us that. (laughs) Right. I had a crush on my cousin when I was little, (laughs) real little. And I was like, mom, can you marry your cousins? And she said no. And then I was like, "Okay," and never thought about it again. So she's right. Like, how do you know? Um, But no one ever taught them. They just screamed at them and ripped them apart forever. Also, they were having like literal sex at 11 years old. Yeah, it's very weird. It's very weird. Part of that was, yeah, like a consequence of her being abused. It's almost a bit of her trying to like own her body again and do what she wants to it. Right. 
I thought this was actually going to be all about a kid, but then uh, that's it. We are fast forward. She's what, 35 now? 34? Yeah, like early 30s. I forget exactly how old she is. She's married. Her and her husband met on a website for asexual people who don't have sex but need to do the classic get married, have babies, get married, have babies. They call this the factory. Right. She thinks of it as the factory. Like human beings are all cogs in the factory machine and society is designed to program you to want to fulfill your function as part of the factory, which is to have more kids. And... She has opened her alien eye to see clearly that this is the case. And so has her husband from learning from her that it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to conform. So they call it the alien eye that they've opened. They can see clearly. They don't want to be part of the factory, but they know they have to do certain things to get by and to stop being bothered. So they get married to each other and everyone's like fine with it. And they seem to have a decent existence. Like they like each other's company. They're very picky. They eat meals alone. They have separate bedrooms. They have rules. And they're all very well followed and meticulous. Yeah. And he actually even seems more into the alien eye than she is. He also has a lot of trauma and he's very like young in his demeanor. Yeah. What is his name now? Uh, Tomoya. That sounds right. Tomoya, 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 yeah. I always just think of him as the husband. Yeah, because she does call him my husband a lot. Um, He had something, he never wants to be physical with anyone. He doesn't even want to touch people because his mother would make him take baths with her like well into adult or into like large childhood. Large childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Probably until he moved out. <laughs> Basically, the next thing that happens, right, is that he is sort of fixated on the house where she would go in the summers where she grew up, right? Yeah, she's kind of romanticized her memories. This is like the one good thing that she had. And so she's told him stories and he has, you know, trouble keeping a job. But this time he got fired, which is new. And he's feeling really down and he suggests they go to the house in uh, Nagasaki, I believe to go relax and she hasn't been there since childhood she doesn't even know if that's possible so she's like uh yeah I'll ask my family because she lives down the street from her parents her sister has a baby she's part of the factory they're not all like nice necessarily they're still kind of rude to her but whatever so he ends up telling his mom out of excitement who calls her mom to thank them for allowing them to go there and so she's kind of backed into a corner on having to go up to Nagasaki and do this. Honestly I forget why her parents and family are all like yeah this is great this is a good idea. Because he's so depressed. (laughs) Right but I'm just oh I remember why. Oh and they want them to make babies. Yes because they act like it's going to be some sort of like romantic getaway so that they can try and have a baby. Oh, and I recall that I think the third trip that you're talking about was the funeral for the grandfather. There was like a brief trip or maybe that was the second trip or so there was something with the funeral. Maybe that was the cousin's trip. I, that, I don't know. The kissing cousin's trip. That's the same trip. Okay. That's the same trip where they have sex because they end up by where the grave is Mm, Okay. when they go out into the woods. So that is the third trip. And I think the second trip doesn't happen. I think the sister is such a big brat about it that it doesn't happen. And then they end up going because the grandpa dies. There we go. Yeah. So they didn't go for Oban. They went. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. So now we're adults and... 
They're going to go. They're going to go to Nagasaki where the uncle took over the house and you lived there. Lives he there. lives there now. He's letting them. Yeah. He's letting you live there because you also lost his job. Yep. And you has a hard time fitting into society as well. Right. So he's there, but he's going to go somewhere else. Um, uh, but then he doesn't. He can't in time or something. Right. Why doesn't he leave? He talks about leaving and then he doesn't. Yeah. It's like it fell through or something. Shit. So now it's the three of them basically staying in this house. Natsuki, Tomoya, I feel like that's not his name, Tomoya, <laughs> and you. Yeah, and they're all in this house. Tomoya, like, won't shut up about the factory and the alien eye. And Natsuki is a little more subdued about it. Like, she does seem to believe this, but she's not, like, constantly talking about it the way that he is. Right. It's like she really wants to be, like brainwashed and to be part of the factory so she doesn't have to deal with herself right 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 like she almost wishes that she didn't feel like an alien and that she could just be a normal person but she just doesn't feel like it whereas Tomoya has sort of embraced the alien eye and being an alien person and it's just like this is fine this is how I want to be is I want to be an alien weirdo person and she has more like I wish I could fit in I wish that I could be an earthling, which, by the way, is where the title of the book comes from. Mm-hmm. Tomoya is like kind of talking about this nonstop to you. And you is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, he's definitely overwhelmed and kind of like, let me uh, maybe give you guys some space. But he's super nice about it because his like coping mechanism was kind of to be like the perfect people pleaser. You know, he just does what everyone says and says, OK, and is very agreeable, which was a actually like a sad moment when Natsuki was realizing that. And talking about it because, you know, when he was a kid, when she's like, do you want to have sex with me? And he's like, yeah. Right. It was probably his like people pleasing coping mechanism, just trying to make everyone happy all the time. Right. Especially his mom, because his mom Mm -hmm. was depressed and suicidal. Like eventually she commits suicide. So clearly he's just trying to keep people happy all the time from growing up that way. Yeah. So these three aliens end up in a house together. Right. And I'm trying to put together because I feel like right now what we're talking about is maybe at most like halfway through the book. So how they get to like the going is basically these conversations about the factory and and the aliens and all that. So I don't know if you's like quite there, but I think he's maybe kind of coming around or or like he's patient with them. And Tomoya gets into this thing where he thinks he's got to do something like different like taboo break the societal cycles like what can he do that's going to be like weird to like be different right and he settles on having sex with his brother (laughs) right I guess what I'm wondering is like yes that's true I feel like there's a middle part of this book that I'm just totally blanking out because I feel like once we get to that point where Tomoya is like, I have to do something so transgressive to really like pry open my alien eye and I I know incest. Yeah. (laughs) At first he's like, I'm going to have sex with my grandpa who's like in hospice. Oh my God, I forgot about that. And they're like, that's not okay because he can't consent to it. And like he doesn't. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think of that. I just thought he wouldn't mind because he's asleep. And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) It's weird that he buys into that argument since the reason he wants to do it is because it's so transgressive. 
but he also didn't have consent, you know, so I think consent's probably an important part of all three of their lives, you know, with their experiences. Right. That's true. But they they still really like have this, you know, kind of childish way of understanding things. And I don't know, she captures it so well, but it's very much like they're kind of stuck in that like intense trauma years right. that happened to them. And this was a really good example. Like he is a grown adult who really acts like an excited kid about everything. Including? Including fucking his brother. Yeah. Which, by the way, he does not do, but he talks about a lot and then goes and tries to. And they are like, okay, have fun. He's going to go try to have sex with his brother. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know another cousin shows up at some point. So there's some like family stuff and like kind of average like enjoying cooking and, you know, revisiting some of these memories and also kind of her feelings with you being around and how that feels. So there's a little bit of that in the middle. Yeah, there is a bunch of sort of like, chill cabin hangout vibes happening in the middle (laughs) interspersed with like these weird conversations about piute and papa bavapia and the alien eye and (laughs) tomoya being like i'm gonna go incest my brother see you later guys so he goes and tries to incest his brother but his parents stop him because i think he tells them he's gonna do that or he just asked his brother and his brother was like what the fuck i think he just asks his brother yeah and his brother's like what the fuck are you doing and then they like run him off well no he's he's home and natsuki has to come back and get him okay so maybe that's what's happening Oh, and it also comes out that their whole marriage is a sham and they don't have sex. But how does that come out? I guess I guess because he's trying to explain himself about why he wants to incest his brother. And he's like, oh, actually, we're aliens and my wife and blah, blah, blah. And his dad says something like, well, you know, in L.A., people divorce each other all the time. <laughs> But they want him to get a divorce. They think this is weird. And I think this is the same time that Natsuki is home talking with her sister, who's like, I always knew that you did this, the murder. I don't think so. I think that happens at the like at the very end. It comes out that the sister always knew. Mm. I guess we skipped over this. As much as the subject matter of this book is fucking crazy, it is funny. Mm -hmm. Like the way that Tomoya goes about like trying to have sex with his brother is funny. Like there's all sorts of stuff that happens that is like it's so weird and fucked up, but it's also like funny. Because they act so like normal about it. Like, yeah, I'm just going to have sex with my brother. Right. Easy. (laughs) But what I was going to say is... Natsuki, after she murders the teacher, she puts the knife and a couple other things like in the incinerator at the school Mm -hmm. and then nobody ever finds it. And she assumes that it all like totally burned up, which like a knife would not burn up like it's got to be somewhere. And we find out toward the very, very end that the sister always knew that she did this and she went and like took the stuff out of the incinerator and hid it. Yeah, she did not get rid of it for her. She kept it also rude. Right, because she does sort of use it to, like, blackmail her, right? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm hazy on all the details, but basically the, th- the three of them get back up to the house. They have now convinced you he wants to be an alien. He's ready. And they're basically like, fuck everyone. We're living off the grid. Uh, we're getting a divorce, and we're getting a divorce because she's married to both, kind of. Right. And we're all just going to live in harmony as aliens, as poppin' popopians. As poppin' popopians. And they forage. 
I think they're naked half the time. Oh, yeah. They spend a lot of time naked in the house because why do they need to wear clothes? Yeah. That's a human thing. That's a human thing. They all need to relieve themselves sexually, but like not with each other. But it's okay if you need to. They have like weird rules about that or maybe no rules is really the vibe. Right. They like stop using power to save money. They're just really like roughing it out in this mountain town. Right. And they're stealing food from people's gardens. We're almost to like the very end of the book. Mm -hmm. Tomoya comes back. They decide to like fully commit to being pup and puppians. They're like totally off the grid. They're stealing food. And then like what draws attention from other people? Why do other people show up all of a sudden? Oh, okay. So while they were home temporarily, there was something, some conversation that Natsuki had with her sister. And I don't know if her sister really said anything, but whatever happened there, her sister believed that Natsuki told everyone about an affair that she was having on her husband. Right. And that got out. And so she called her a bunch of times. And basically, they were like, we're not answering our phones. We're unplugging everything. And she did like step out into like the one part they had service and see that her sister was like mad and called a lot, but she didn't really like do anything about it. Right. She just kind of moved on. Right. And then basically what her sister had done was tell that teacher's parents that Natsuki had murdered him because the parents were still trying to find the murderer. Right. Like they would hand out flyers at the train stations and stuff. And when she was a kid, she would help them. Right. It's also starting to be like cold. They're going to get kind of like snowed in up there in the winter. It's hard to get up and down this like crazy mountain to the house. So basically in the middle of the night, his parents break into the house and try to kill Natsuki. Right. And she goes into her like blind rage pink murder thing. Witch killer mode. Witch killer mode. Yeah. And she she kills them. And then I think you wakes up and like helps or something like it's they're all in there and they all kill him together. She basically kills the mom kind of right away. Right. Yeah. She sees the mom like... <laughs> Who she just describes as like an elderly woman because she doesn't know who they are. Yeah. Or it's just a presence at first. Which honestly, I was like, what if it's freaking you or Tomoya? Like, stop. Why would you just murder? <laughs> right. At very first, you don't know like who it is. I thought it was her sister, maybe. Right. Yeah. Her sister or her parents. And she just like goes ham on them and like smashes their face in. Yeah. Ham. And then the dad tries to run away, right? And then kind of you and Tomoya chase him down and they all kill him too. Is that? I think so. Something like that. Something like that. They definitely all murder together. (laughs) Right. And then at this point, they are running low on food. So in other transgressions, they're like, well, what if we eat them? Right. Hmm. Interesting. And one of them has like what used to like... feather chickens or something like skin chickens so they're like i can do this but they kind of did it wrong yeah they do sort of they use their butcher skills to butcher the humans and then they decide to try eating the one that they kind of like fucked up first right but what what happened here is when they have that first bite natsuki can actually finally taste it oh right yes (laughs) so this unbreaks her mouth i guess right And they are very hungry, and they go ham. Human ham. Human ham. Long pig. (laughs) (laughs) I think they eat them both that night, but maybe not. Maybe it, it feels like it happened all in one night. It does sort of happen pretty fast. 
but it's hard to know because we're sort of in a weird compressed timeline now too. Yeah, that might have been the point. Two whole people seems like a lot of meat to eat, even for three people. Yeah. Look, I don't know. I don't know either, but they are kind of hungry and they did kind of fuck one up. So I think it's a while kind of because they also have conversations about like, you know, not if I die first, you should eat me. No, it was I think you should eat me first when we run out of food. Right, right. That was uh, Tomoya. And then they all have a conversation about that's not how they want to do it. That's not fair, but they do need to figure this out. That's a good point. So what if we all just take a taste of each other? (laughs) And we'll eat whoever tastes best first. Right. And then they just start biting each each other other. nonstop until like what they pass out. And I think it was a really short amount of time. It must have been max a couple of days because the end of the book is that her family comes in and sees this scene of them just like passed out like they're all emaciated with like swollen bellies like all bloody and I guess chunks out of like how much of each other did they eat that's so like because they would be like I'm chewing on his heel I'm eating his arm now right. I'm eating her <laughs> lip like what is happening here how are they still alive right and yeah everyone starts vomiting and screaming and I don't think that they quite knew how on the verge of starvation they were and so it wasn't portrayed in the book that way but once they started eating it's like clear that they hadn't eaten enough right right and so they just kind of kept going and going and going and going so nobody like died from eating each other but they were caught so i think that the sister knew that the like old people went up there right so i think it happened pretty quickly (laughs) the end yeah and that's basically the end yeah 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 that's where it ends which was wild yeah yeah wild is an understatement. This book was crazy. This book was crazy. And I think, Corey, you were telling me you did a deep dive on Sayaka Murata. And what I read about her briefly was kind of that she's really into exploring these kind of taboo subjects. She seems super interesting. But part of what is interesting about this book to me is that her book before this, Convenience Store Woman, was a big hit. And I think much more just kind of quirky the way that Natsuki is quirky at the very beginning of the book. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's about this woman who lives in a convenience or who lives in, who works in a convenience store. She does not <laughs> live in a convenience store, but she works in a convenience store. Part of what she likes about it is it's super routine. Which didn't Sayaka also work in a convenience store forever? She worked in a convenience store forever, like probably considering her fame as a writer, like way longer than she had to. Yeah. And without armchair diagnosing her, she seems like she is sort of on the spectrum in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. She just has a resistance to like the norms of society. Why do we do things the way that we do? I kind of like the patterns and routine around working in this convenience store. It's like a nice thing for me to like organize my life around. And then without having read Convenience Store Woman, like, I I mean, I can't speak to it too much. But, you know, she seems like a super interesting, strange person. She just sort of has, like, no real interest in, like, conforming or being normal. There was one article where she talked about, like, being in a relationship with uh, one of her imaginary friends or maybe a ghost or maybe both. (laughs) I mean, she seems very cool. And then didn't she say something like, oh, no, did I get too weird again? Was that her? Yes, that was her, too. (laughs) Yes, there are some really funny quotes in some of the articles about her. She just seems like a super 
interesting lady. But yeah, this seems like sort of what if I took those same sort of attitudes about society that I explored in Convenience Store Woman, only like twisted them like super, super dark. And I think (laughs) nobody was expecting that from her. Yeah. I mean, it was a wild ride. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely was. What'd you rate it? Ah, That's a good question. It was definitely upsetting, but overall, I think I really enjoyed it. Like her writing is really good and the perspective of the book is so weird. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is like five stars for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, she, yeah, she's obviously an excellent writer. I think that she captured the characters and their perspective so well, and it was so unique. And um, yeah, very interesting take on some of these taboo things. And just also such a, it felt like a very real version of how a child would handle trauma and process it. I mean, I was into it. I, like, I was engrossed in it. I wanted to hear more. I wanted, right. the ending was a little lackluster, I I didn't think it was creepy ever. I think it was under like a horror list, but I think it was more like this one stuck with me for a while. Yeah, it's like upsetting. Yeah. But kind of most of the upsetting stuff is the early sexual assault stuff. Yeah, but it's not like spooky necessarily. And I think I wanted a little. It's definitely not spooky. It's definitely not alien. (laughs) No, it's not alien at all. Sorry. We blew it. But I think I gave it like a five and a half. I mean, yeah, I would maybe even go five and a half. It's in the fives for me, for sure. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, weird, weird book. Yes, this is maybe the epitome of don't judge a book by its cover. Because <laughs> the cover is adorable. It's so cute. <laughs> well, on Audible, Earthlings received a four and a 3.6 on Goodreads. Yeah, I mean, this is, I'm sure, divisive. Yeah. We're going to hear about it right now with some bad reads. Let's go. Marco, one star. This needn't have been written. Meg, (laughs) one star. I really hope the author has a therapist she can talk to. Lynn, one star. This was very disturbing. Charlotte, one star. Disturbing. Francis, one star. An interesting concept, but became too weird and disturbing. Mads, one star. What the fuck? Was that Emads? No, not Emads. Dang. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Different. Different Mads. Amira, one star. With all due respect, what the fuck? Neek, one star, hated every single word of it. Sarah, one star, I wish I didn't know how to read. Oh my gosh, drama. Mary Ann, this is so disturbing for the cute cover. Yup. Amanda, one star, weird AF, couldn't wait for it to end. Martina, dreadful, couldn't finish it. Sarah, nah, this book was 10 out of 10 fucking weird. Do not recommend. Nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, nah, bro. I mean, they make a good point. This was written by one person. <laughs> it was. These are all <laughs> one person's ideas. Nadine Books, one star. Was habe ich da nur gelesen, bezeifert gehört? Ich kann nur mit dem Kopf schüffeln. No, schütteln is the last word. Oh, are you speaking German? <laughs> I was speaking German. We got some German reviews. That one, I translated it. What did I read or hear? I can only shake my head. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that seem so German to say? I can only shake so my German. head. <laughs> I can only shake my head. 
There's another German review too. Krank bin froh, dass ich es nicht zu Hause hab. Um, that one I didn't translate, and off the top of my head, I don't remember my high school German well enough. Um, <laughs> it's impressive though. What if it's like I loved it, but one star because I yeah. can't like one it. One star. I love this in German. <laughs> Don, one star. Having read the reviews, I approached this with some trepidation. I recognized halfway through chapter two as the mother was smacking her daughter's head with a slipper for disclosing abuse at school that this is not the book for me. Oh, yeah. Tropes in this book. Cousins to lovers, pedophilia, cannibalistic love triangle, child murders, and more. This is the goriest, most perverted, pointless story I have ever read. I understand that they were trying to make social commentary, but it was not funny or interesting in the slightest. It was just disgusting. Lol. Lol. I like the lol there at the end. Like, what? LOL, not to hurt your feelings. LOL, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, I have a few more, too, but those were that was a shotgun blast of all the short ones. We're probably good. Yeah, we get it. It we know exactly <laughs> yeah, why I know. someone would have a one star. This <laughs> exactly. is we're not confused. No. I get it. You didn't want to hear about these very taboo, traumatic, sad experiences. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. This book was wild. This book was wild. I did really enjoy it. I don't know who I would recommend it to at all. Yeah, no, I don't know if um anyone. Kind of maybe no one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you come across it on your own and uh, you read it, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's a very interesting perspective. This is a thing I've realized I've been doing is I just be like, okay, and read a book. And then when I'm getting into it, I'm like, what the fuck am I reading? Like A Quiet Boy? I was so confused because I read something <laughs> else. Earthlings? I almost want to like read the part that I read because it's just... <laughs> The read more is just so wild. Like, oh yeah, what was that that you that you didn't read? Okay, Natsuki isn't like the other girls. She has a wand and a transformation mirror. She might be a witch or an alien from another planet. Together with her cousin Yu, Natsuki spends her summers in the wild mountains of Nagano, dreaming of other worlds. Is Nagano in Nagasaki? My bad. No, they're different. Or Igasaki, Igasaki. Look, you, you committed so hard to Nagasaki that I was like, maybe she's right. I don't know. But uh, Nagano sounds right. Yeah, I think that the where the city that they come into is maybe Igasaki because I saw that in the word bubble and there is something like that. So I think that's where they get the train to go up to Nagano. Okay. Maybe. Eeny new. Um, okay. Together with her cousin Yu, Natsuki spends her summers in the wild mountains of Nagano, dreaming of other worlds. When a terrible sequence of events threatens to part the two children forever, they make a promise. Survive no matter what. That's where I stopped. Here's where it keeps going. Read more. Read more. Now, Natsuki is grown. She lives a quiet life with her asexual husband, surviving as best she can by pretending to be normal. But the demands of Natsuki's family are increasing. Her friends wonder why she's still not pregnant, and dark shadows from Natsuki's childhood are pursuing her. Fleeing the suburbs for the mountains of her childhood, Natsuki prepares herself for reunion with you. Will she remember their promise? And will he help her keep it? Okay, somewhere there was literally something that said like... Cannibals. Yeah, like the next thing was like, it explores cannibalism and... Wait, <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> that really, really warned you ahead of time, except you didn't read it ahead of time. Yeah. Really quickly, we'll play Buzzwords, which is what I'm calling the spelling bee game now. 
You mean the spelling game? The spelling game. <laughs> no, it's called buzzwords now. <laughs> you told me twice that the spelling game is stupid. Um, so that I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's called buzzwords. buzzwords. You know, like a spelling bee. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're words. Buzz buzz. Buzz buzz. <laughs> like a bee. I got this is it. A quick version. <laughs> quick version. Uh, for people who maybe this is your first episode, which wild, I'm sorry, but like this is like the opposite of I don't know how to pronounce this because I've only ever read this word. This is I've only ever heard this in an audiobook, so I don't know how to spell it. So here we go. Ashley, how do you spell Pute? Okay, let me see. Um I have to type it out. <laughs> P-E-E-Y-U-T-E. When I was writing in my notes, I spelled it P-E-E-Y-O-O-T. Yeah. But the correct spelling of P-U-T is P-I-Y-Y-U-T. P-U-T. Hmm. Now, expert mode, spell Poppin' Popapia. Okay, Poppin' Pop... Okay, because I tried to type it out. I thought that was the first one, but you're right, expert mode. Okay, P-O-P-I-N-P-O-P-O-B-I-A. Poppin' Pop Popia. You... Bopia. B-O-P-I-A. That is correct. You got it. You flipped the P and the B there the first time. Hell yeah. I never heard the B in it. I thought it was just a bunch of Ps the whole time when I was listening. Well, to be fair, I've seen the word a couple times when I was looking things up about uh, it, but I, 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 it was so many of the same letters, I didn't know exactly what order, but I also know that it's it should kind of be spelled like how it sounds. Right. Yeah, it is basically spelled how it is, sounds, but when I when I was just writing it in my notes, I put P O P P E N P O P O P I A. And the correct spelling is P O P I N P O P O P I A. Poppin Pobapia. Poppin Pob Opia? Yes. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah. Poppin' pop Poppia. Poppin' pop Poppia. I liked the narrator had like such a interesting voice. Yes. The performer and the way she said it. It was just like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I kind of I was intrigued by her and her version of you. I'm you. I just got to go put something away. Yeah, you did have an. <laughs> yeah, you had an interesting voice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He had oh, like kind of like. Natsuki. <laughs> Especially, yeah, little kid you especially had like a very like, I'm, ah, I choose you, Pikachu. Let's go to Planet Pop Pop and Poppia. I can't do it in the accent. <laughs> pop Pop. I can't. I can't pop and Pop Poppia. <laughs> we're aliens. We're aliens, Natsuki. The inflections were very weird too, I think. I think that was like another reason why it stood out. That was like gravelly and like weird melody or something yeah it was cool it was cool i liked the performance i did too i thought it was really good very clean voice i'll say like overall yeah if that makes sense i think it does smooth i'm gonna <laughs> pretend like i know what you mean by that <laughs> uh, well i think that's a wrap on the book huh i think that is i think we did it yeah what a book and it's a an official wrap on Alien Abduction August, even though this one had nothing to do with aliens, actually. Yeah, but this was like our outro and officially wrapped. Done. The first annual Alien Abduction August, which, again, we still have merch up, ADHDbookclubpod.gumroad.com. 
invite us to your experience or conference, look, we'll talk about other things. This didn't have anything to do with aliens. But we want to come and talk about aliens. <laughs> if, if the experiencers that listen to all our other episodes are still paying attention, take Corey, please. I would come with. We can come to the conference. We can host some panels. Come abduct us. Come invite us to host your experience or conference. We'll do whatever. Yeah, I'm less on the abduct me um, side. But if I don't know. I'm into it. I'm just like, don't do anything with my babies. <laughs> Don't circumcise their eyelids. Gross. (laughs) Corey, how's your cool brain? It's fine. It's going pretty good, I guess. I don't know. Um, Bob is back in school. I'm back in school. Things are going. I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like I'm waiting. I'm waiting to be like overwhelmed with too many things to do. Mm -hmm. But I'm not there yet. But I'm like. The feeling that it's going to happen is growing. Ooh, don't like that. That's no. like doom. I know. But maybe it won't. Maybe I'll just knock it out of the park. Maybe it'll all be great. I believe in you. Maybe I'm the boy who can have it all. A podcast, a school, a kid, <laughs> a work. Yes. You know? Yes. I'm really exactly. doing it. The boy who can have it all. <laughs> just a real winner. Superhero mode. <laughs> How's your cool brain? Um, yeah, I think it's fine. I, when I said superhero mode, I was transported to uh, season three, episode one of The Boys, which I finally watched last night, which I now recall having heard a lot about the um, graphicness of that episode. Mm-hmm. Did you yep, watch yep, it? Yep, yep, yep. I've watched all of them, and I believe I know which episode you are talking about. It's the one with the tiny man. Yes, I do know. That was wild. <laughs> yep. And yeah, aside from that, um, still on my yuzu soda shit. I really <laughs> like that. I'm almost out of club soda. Time to get more. But like, you know, that feeling of when your hyperfixation stops like tasting good. Yeah. That's like so sad. It's the worst. It happened to me with sushi. I was really on a sushi kick and then I just was like, Ugh. <laughs> I don't like this anymore. And I just spent way too much money door dashing it to my house and it's gross. Oh, yeah. That can also do it too. Like it can turn on you for no reason or also you can have like a bad version of it. And then suddenly your brain is like, no, now I don't want this Yeah. at all. Not even the good version. I mean, I will have the good version. Like, you know, give me some like sashimi over here. I'm protesting. All right. Well, next time... We have a guest next time. We have a guest next time. We are reading White Teeth by Zadie Smith with Corin Duyeb, a.k.a. The Last Skeptic, who does the music for the show. Yep. It's 464 pages, 18 hour and 38 minute audiobook is long. It is. Get reading. <laughs> Start now. Thank you to The Last Skeptic for our music. We will chat with you next time. I've been Ashley. And I've been Corey. This was a podcast. Mm-hmm.